What's up everyone and welcome to episode number 35 of the Justin Insight Podcast. You probably know this by now, but my name is Tim Backbeck. I'm a writer, I'm a lover of films, music and wrestlingly. Wrestlingly? Wrestlingly? Can't talk today apparently. Wrestling. Um, I'm also very full because I've just had my dinner. Uh, but most importantly of all, I'm your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, how is everyone? Hope you're all well. I know you can't answer me back, but I thought, thought I'd ask anyway. Um, as usual pretty hectic week for for me it seems to be a running theme how i start these podcasts now i was just saying oh i'm really busy um but i think yeah just everyone says they're busy and i, I guess they are but I, lo- I like to inform you guys of, of what i'm up to but this week uh been driving around a lot went to uh bristol on tuesday uh to go see my friends and let it die in ithaca um we were meant to be playing the show but for uh, various reasons we, we were unable to go but because uh, I obviously have some very close friends in Bristol I went along anyway um, just to hang out and yeah it was just a really good time really fun time nice catching up with uh, some of the guys that I went to, to Fluff Festival with uh, which is very kind of fitting for, for this episode um, and then on Thursday we did play with Let It Die in Ithaca and that was in our hometown of Portsmouth uh, really fun show um yeah just I think I'd had a mega stressful day like prior um for those of you who don't know like my my day job I work for a newspaper so I was uh in court covering a case um I had to take my car into be service I had to get the train to court got to court there's loads of faff around the case so I was just sat in court pretty much all day wasted pretty much my whole day court case finished all good fine but my phone was nearly dead so I got back on the train saw if I could get picked up from the train station the other end phone died so that was the first thing didn't know if I was going to get my get picked up or not thankfully did uh, went to go pick up my car found out that the person who was kind of servicing it and valeting it uh, had accidentally knocked off the fuel cap so they had to replace that so I couldn't take my car home so uh was given a courtesy car left the garage got stuck in an hour's traffic going home picked up what i needed for the gig got stuck in another 45 minutes traffic going back into the city um so yeah i was just mega stressed out just like flustered and everything but yeah the show was loads of fun uh let it die just awesome as always if you're unaware of them uh go back and check out the episode that we did with them because uh, they're rad guys and go check out their music Ithaca a band I've somehow never really seen until this past week but were absolutely awesome hell chords for days um so yeah again go check out Ithaca if you're you're unfamiliar with their work um also this week I went to two of my old uh, uni friends they got married on the weekend uh, so I went to the the reception of that it was really cool um I was really anxious kind of going actually because obviously I was going on my own uh I know that everyone else is kind of in couples and stuff so straight off the bat that made me quite anxious um and some of them I hadn't really seen in in nearly seven years and I'm a bit of a socially awkward person anyway as people who know me can attest to um but it was really nice catching up with them um and kind of thinking back reminiscing of like how we all met um so that was really cool um and yeah, it's just nice to kind of hang out. So hopefully we'll kind of meet up again soon and it won't be seven years in between the next meeting. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of 
a bit distracted. I don't really know why, but we'll we'll plow we'll plow through. But uh, yeah, apart from that, just been watching shit ton of wrestling as per normal. Uh, currently in the middle of watching uh, Progress uh, chapter fifty four ahead of their big Alexandra Palace show, which is going on this Sunday. Which I'm going to. It's actually the first Progress live show I've been to since the Super Strong Star sixteen tournament. Um, which is weird. I kind of I, I've touched on this before, but I kind of had a a bit of a blip with with going to wrestling shows because like wrestling fans who who listen to this show, I don't know if you can kind of back me up on this, but there's this kind of thing going around of wrestling fans being all inclusive, blah blah blah. But it's also extremely clicky, um, and as I mentioned moments ago, I'm a pretty socially awkward guy. Um, I like my own company a lot, uh, so I go to the to these shows on my own ninety nine percent of the time. Um, but the last couple of times I've I've gone, I've just I've felt so kind of uncomfortable, which is obviously against the the whole everyone's welcome sort of thing. You try and make friends, but they're already super clicky, and yeah, it's just a whole thing. So hopefully Alexander Palace kind of kicks that back into into practice um because i've bought tickets to go see riptide as well in october and that that was kind of the, the start of it because the riptide crowd some of them were really cool but the section i was stood in just was full of tosses um so yeah hopefully we'll be back in and i don't just end up watching all wrestling in my room but um yeah anyway as, as i say been catching up with that uh, so I'm all up to date with, with the storyline I've been watching a bit of Attack so I'm up to date with their storylines as well um, people have been going on about the King of Trios tournament that happened recently so I'm, I need to delve back into Chikara but yeah that's kind of that for, for wrestling but we'll, we'll get on to this week's guest now um, and it's the last interview that I managed to record whilst I was at Fluff uh, and it is with uh, Trevor who is the guitarist of Seattle 4-piece uh, Mazzy Ties uh, these guys were one of the bands that I was super hyped to see over the weekend um, in the Czech Republic, and they absolutely killed it. I was in the middle of a boiling hot Sunday, so yeah, fair play to them, just absolutely nailing on the main stage. Um, and I was really grateful for them to to take the time out to have a little chat with me. Um, we ended up kind of sitting in the van that they were sharing with Birds and Row, having a chat, me and, me and Trevor. So yeah, it was really nice of them. And it's pretty. It's a pretty cool story how the band kind of came to be, how they are, and especially the the circumstances that are around their vocalist Andre, um, which I'll let Trevor explain. But I was kind of blown away after hearing what Trevor said about Andre, and then like literally seeing him on stage about twenty minutes before. It's quite nuts to to think, and it's yeah, it's just a really insightful chat about the, who Mercy Ties are. Um, so yeah, please sit back, relax. Enjoy the little chat I have with Trevor of Mercy Ties, and I'll see you on the other side. Right, so I am joined... Joined? Can't even talk. It's been a long weekend. Joined currently by uh, Trevor from Mercy Ties. Uh, at Fluff Fest, how was your Fluff Fest experience, Trevor? Uh, it's been really good so far. Yeah, we didn't expect to be uh, 
playing a festival this big, so it's it's been really nice. Is it the first time you've you've been here in general? Because oh yeah, yeah 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 for sure. Cool. Yeah, I haven't traveled to Europe ever, so oh okay. Yeah, so I mean, we got lucky to be able to like be shown around by yeah you know, yeah. Good. Well, because obviously you're on the road at the moment with with Birds and Rose. So how many dates are you in at the moment? Uh, how many days have we played? Yeah. Uh, four I think maybe five out of 23 oh Jesus so it's a big old tour then yeah so I know obviously kind of early days at the moment but have there been any particular highlights so far um last night last night and the night before in Poland were actually really fun because we we thought that like nobody would come out because everybody would be at Fluff Fest. <laughs> yeah. But we still had a good group of people that came out and like partied and had fun and um, just the hospitality we were shown was really good. Um, our shows in Germany were really good too. Um, yeah, I know. Just it's just a different thing out here. Like mm. people show more hospitality and. What people do for you, what promoters do for you in shows here is a lot different than yeah, the United yeah. States. So, so so far it's been amazing. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, traveling with birds is super easy. So it's been really good. And because obviously you did the tour in the States with birds. So was it a case mm-hmm. of just after that that kept in touch? And was it always a plan to come over here to do, do a tour with them as well? Um, I didn't necessarily expect that. Um, we just, I've just have been personally a fan of the band for a long time and I heard they were coming out and so a friend of a friend um, put us in contact with them and um, we were able to do a lot of shows with them and then it got brought up us coming out here and Bart said you know if you're gonna come out then they'll they'll book whatever and we can play so that's cool it just worked out like perfect cool and so the show is called uh, Just an Insight. So what I like to do is kind of take it back to, to the roots of how the band began. So can you give us a, a brief history after as to how Mercy Ties <laughs> began? Oh man, uh, it's one of those bands that has changed a lot. Uh, like kind of been through a lot and a lot of different lineups. Yeah. Um, so I'm the only original member actually. Okay. Um, so let me think. Like. I think almost eight years ago um, yeah I started the band with only like two guitars and a drummer um, that drummer switched to playing bass then we were four piece for a while um, then we got Chris who's a current yeah. drummer then he joined so he's been in the band the second longest um, then that bass player left Andre our singer started playing bass okay. <laughs> he, he played bass but my intent the whole time was to have him as a front man okay. and to kind of change the style to more of like a punk hardcore band. Right, okay. Um, so he played bass and filled in on our old music. Yeah. Then we had our friend John, who played in Bonavir before. Yeah. Um, he started playing with us as we went into the studio to record Proper Corruption, yeah. the, the full length. Um, and then it's like that, from when we recorded that, that's kind of been the sound and the direction that the band currently okay. is. So, yeah, so basically the band that we have right now is only come up on like two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after John did the uh, the U.S. tour, he just um, said, you know, he's going to be too busy to be touring and, you know, doesn't have the time and to, to be in a touring band. Then we asked our friend Millie, who used to play in a band that we were a fan of uh, called Sky Above and Earth Below yeah. from Portland. Um, 
and we asked her, and it was just like a win-win because yeah, she's yeah. an amazing bass player. And, like it worked out perfect. So, so what, I'm interested now. So, what was the sound before we got to <laughs> proper corruption? Uh, it's kind of, I don't know. It's evolved a couple different times. So, initially, <clears throat> me and the first, me and my friend Jeff would kind of, we, I had parts, he had parts, and we would just kind of sandwich things together. And he would play drums, and it was just sort of more chaotic kind of we do more like 90s kind of screamo influence more kind of like dissonant grind kind okay. of influence so it'd be very choppy and too many parts like not really making a lot of sense in my opinion and but we just liked really technical music and playing it like that um but <laughs> then it kind of we kind of took a little bit of that went more of a melodic direction and then again for a demo and then again to more of a chaotic direction with more like D-beat yeah. like kind of 90s punk hardcore kind of influence but even when we were doing that like that's when I was trying to um, start to be more of a primary writer and I was introducing more like punk um, style music and it, it was still kind of it'd be chaotic and mathy and then punk stuff and then sort of try to resolve from sandwiching parts together so it wasn't that's that's when um we recorded a dim lit place mm. our ep before yeah. but for proper corruption i that's when jeff was out of the band and i basically sat down and just wrote as much material as possible and tried to write a cohesive album that mm -hmm. had songs that went in and out of each other and then brought it to the guys and they helped help organize all the parts and then that's kind of that's why now I feel like it's more of a cohesive songwriting pr process yeah. than more of a, just a cohesive sound that is like a direction that we're all comfortable with because it's more of a organized writing approach yeah. and not just like mashing parts together. <laughs> yeah, where yeah. Like, I feel like now I sit down and try to write songs instead okay, of like yeah. putting a lot of parts together <clears throat> because bouncing between parts all the time that aren't necessarily cohesive gets tiring. Um, when I was younger, I, I liked a lot of bands that did that, and it was more interesting to me. And the older I am, the more I just want to play things that are songs. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's where we're at with our most recent <laughs> recording. And obviously, with Proper Corruption, I think, like, straight off the bat, it's quite balls to the wall, sort of. It, it's kind of puts across what you guys want to say. That's what I get, yeah. get from it. So was that kind of going into the recording process was there sort of a thought of right this is what we want to s sound like this is the message we want to put across or was it a slow build to get to that final project product um are you saying like vocally or with well, the sound yeah, or but both? a bit of both really because obviously i think the message that you put across i'll get to it in a bit across social media and everything the band stands for is very clear and i think that comes across in the music as well so was it was there an agenda kind of going into the recording at all um with the sound and everything i i don't think so it's just i wrote the songs like that and then they the rest of the members kind of make everything work and they really make the parts cohesive and work and it's just kind of the combination of my guitar writing with chris's weird drumming and andre <laughs> yeah. andre's up front like vocal style that's very in the pocket you know so it's kind of um it's it just like came across like that it was the most comfortable we've ever sounded okay um in the studio like it just like it felt right and i think 
a lot of that came across in the recording um, and like everything from the amount of takes we took to you know like our the mood we were in and everything it was it was way more positive in that situation <clears throat> um, also our friend Scott who is in a band called Calvin Wald City mm. he was the one who was our engineer and he's extremely easy to work with so like, he understood what we were doing and I think just it all came together and that's sort of what we got I don't think it was like planned on trying to be a certain way or yeah it just sort of came came across like that and like yeah and like you that. mentioned earlier obviously Andre kind of went from bass to vocals and you said that that was something that you kind of wanted what, mm-hmm. what what was that decision uh so when I was a kid and started going to hardcore shows around Seattle he uh I remember being like 14 or 15 maybe and he used to sing in a band from Portland called Nihilist oh, and okay. I always thought it was just like crazy kind of like chaotic kind of math metal influence just crazy band that uh didn't really do a lot but um they played a lot locally with a lot of good bands but didn't tour enough and you know just kind of ended um but he was always one of my favorite singers just mm-hmm. because just he, his stage presence and just his vocal style and everything was so i just thought i was like i'd rather i used to do like half the vocals okay um and i with the new like setup i'd rather focus on writing guitar and playing guitar and have a freestanding vocalist yeah yeah and the the kind of the songs that i write i feel are better with a freestanding vocalist yeah. being able to move around and do something different than what the guitars are doing so that just was that was what i thought would be good and mm. he he uh he actually um he did nihilist then he turned it into a solo project which was uh it was called blow up nihilist and it was essentially it was him playing guitar screaming with a drum machine and noise and it was just like a wall of noise and drum machine doing blast beats and him screaming and um as he was doing this he actually uh he had an issue with his heart uh where his heart was like bleeding in a weird way um to where his basically his lungs ended up not functional um, and he got so sick, like over the years of touring in bands and, and with this, um, uh, this issue with his lungs and his heart, uh, he, to where he couldn't function. And he basically ended up, uh, hospitalized and not being able to tour. Uh, but then he got a double lung transplant, got his heart, <laughs> heart sewed up nuts. and you know, it was like 50% chance that he would make it two years. Yeah. Essentially. yeah. That, those are the statistics. Yeah. With double lung transplants. Um, but he, like, after he, it had been, like, a couple of years, I was like, hey, do you want to sing in a hardcore band? Yeah. Because he wasn't playing I was going to say, if you hadn't have said that, you would not know that of the man who's just been on oh, stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny <laughs> yeah. because he runs around and jumps around and, like, he's not, I mean, he takes his anti-rejection medication and everything, but um, he doesn't really, like, really, like, baby himself. Or, yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't, um, I mean, sometimes if people are smoking and stuff, we're like, uh, you know, I don't know if really you should be inhaling smoke yeah, with, yeah, some, course, yeah. with lungs that are, are we're fearing are going to be rejected. But uh, yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, he <laughs> he jumps around like an idiot. Or like, <laughs> you know, barely sleeps sometimes and eats shitty food and doesn't really like. He doesn't. 
he doesn't let it like hinder his life yeah yeah which I think is probably the best way to to kind of be because if you're sort of thinking about it and as you say kind of babying it it's Mm -hmm. gonna always be kind of playing on your mind I guess yeah but, yeah, um, it's kind of crazy, and then so so now he's able to uh, tour and scream yeah. in a band. It's crazy though, because the last um, couple times Blow Up Nihilus played, um, he was so sick. He was like on an oxygen mask, and he told me the doctors told him to uh, like just rest, take it easy, don't raise your blood pressure, and sit on a machine. And he no. just was like, "I'm I'd rather like." Die touring, yeah, and, and like playing music, than then sit on my ass on a on a tank. So, yeah, yeah, which is like pretty extreme mentality. Yeah. For like, <laughs> uh, but he also played uh, drums in a band called the Abominable Iron Sloth, which is like a sludge band. Yeah, um, so he couldn't do that anymore. He actually ended up he was on a tour in the, in the Sloth, and then uh, had to switch to guitar because he was so sick. Yeah, like, before yeah. the tour. And then ended up uh, collapsing and oh, ended fuck. up in a coma for 10 days. And then eventually they had, um, he got his, his lung transplant and it took like super well. So um, now I think, I don't know how long exactly it's been, like s- seven or maybe eight years. Yeah. Uh, no, not that long. I'm not, su- I'm not sure exactly how long it's been. It's been a while. And I'm not 100% sure like what exactly went wrong with He's told me before, but I don't want to quote me exactly. No, I just know he had an issue with his heart bleeding, and then his lungs got super fucked up and had, you know, yeah. So. The other thing I wanted to ask, obviously, as I said, like the kind of message that you guys portray, sort of outwardly, like musically and sort of um, on social media and things, is one that kind of uh, of inclusivity, which obviously is a massive thing of of hardcore anyway. But obviously, uh-huh. the first thing you go when you go on your Facebook page, the obviously the profile picture is the protect trans kids thing. You, a lot of the stuff that's put up there is kind of uh, trans positive and just everything yeah, yeah. kind of around that. So, why do you think? It's so important for a band in your position that's touring uh, the US and Europe and things to, to constant rather than just promote yourselves to, to promote those messages as well. Um, well, I mean, someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, we just feel really strongly for you know like equality for everybody, and um, so even if we aren't a very big band and we don't have that big of a following, it's it's something that we believe in and we stand for and um we're just you know like we like to put it out there just Mm. because you know even if it's you know a couple people along the way or something or get people talking like a lot of people in hardcore and punk are open-minded but you never you never know like you know people people need um to hear voices of of um 
being all inclusive and and not judgmental and hateful so you know that's just something we've like you know the four of us all feel strongly about you know and it's just uh just happens millie our bass player um is trans Mm. which is sort of like coincidental (laughs) but but, um yeah have you ever had any kind of negative like not impact but because i think i know um 911 who played here on friday they said that um they something they posted on facebook um they went to a show i can't remember where it was uh, maybe somewhere in poland but they said they got a ne- negative reaction for for posting things like that because they were seen as um sympathizers and things like that so have you ever had any like negative reaction at uh, all i don't think so not not that i not that I know of. So Andre does most of the social media stuff. I'm pretty, like, you know, I'm not into social media and posting <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I'm really bad at posting. Even, even like, being on tour here, I'm just like, oh, I should be taking photos and stuff. But <laughs> I just like to just chill and, and yeah. take it in, and that's kind of how I am with, with uh, Facebook and Instagram, too. Um, so Andre actually, right now, he's got, like, a hand injury and an and a arm injury. So yeah. He can't really do a lot of loading and with the gear, so like we're just like okay, just post on on Facebook. Yeah, and everything. he's better at that sort of thing. Anyways, <laughs> so he does most of that. I don't. I haven't heard of anybody messaging or blogging or anything mm. like getting any kind of negative reaction. That's insane. If I don't, I don't know. People, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And um, one thing that I know is something that crops up whenever I speak to American bands but it is a hot topic but obviously the, the kind of whole quote unquote Trump era sort of thing mm-hmm. in America at the moment um, I spoke to, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was now um, but I spoke to someone about it saying that they feel that now even more so than ever that in the punk hardcore scene they feel they need to be more prominent in kind of putting a message of positivity and fighting against it across. Do you feel the same way and do you feel that there's been any particular change in the hardcore scene since Trump's presidency? I think that um, more bands now feel they they should be political and be um, putting that out there which is which is good Um, I haven't seen like too much of a difference it is it is terrifying that that's our president (laughs) yeah Uh, but I mean the country was founded on a bunch of like ignorant shit and yeah yeah you know so it's it's like i don't know it it kind of feels like our culture and um everything takes steps forward and steps back and and hopefully we'll just because of this there'll be more unity and then we'll take three steps forward yeah because we just like took two steps back like, yeah, I, yeah i mean that's that's how i'm hoping that people can become organized and um <clears throat> yeah so i mean i a lot of a lot of hateful people have come out of the woodwork in, mm. in America because our president is is who he is. Um, so that's definitely a negative thing, and it creates less of a safe environment for um, you know minorities or you know like all, all kinds of people. Um, so it's I don't know. It, it's frustrating, um, but that people should just be I don't know. We gotta 
<laughs> think of the future yeah, and how yeah. we're gonna like get through it and I don't, I don't know I mean it's it's a crapshoot in politics <laughs> most yeah. of the time so uh, unfortunately the sad truth is it's not it, it is surprising that like in 2017 people can be this ignorant but we live in an ignorant world yeah <laughs> I mean you know, yeah no, it, it's sad but it's really true um, a lot of a lot of that comes from um, under education and um, you know in a lot of small towns in, in America are just like they don't have the same education and and culture and politics that um, that you know a lot of bigger cities get mm. but even in in you know cities like Seattle there are Trump supporters there which is is completely insane yeah and coming back to kind of like the recording side of things obviously um, proper corruption came out a couple of years ago now mm-hmm. so uh, is there plans for a second full-length in, in the pipelines at the moment? Uh, so we're deciding, we're trying to decide what we're going to do. Um, I think, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. We we have four songs right now mm-hmm. that are maybe f- parts for between four to six. We've played, we played a couple of them tonight. Um, I, I mean, I, I would like to do like maybe like another EP, like a one-sided yeah. 12-inch. Okay. And then um, see if we can get support uh putting that out um and but yeah and maybe do that and then tour on that a little bit and then write a full length and, and see what happens but we're not sure we're gonna get home and chill and just write and and see what happens yeah maybe make plans to record and and um kind of we haven't really had a meeting or talked about it that <laughs> yeah. much, so um, we just were putting all of our effort into preparing for the tour and getting millie all um you know, like train on all the bass parts. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. And cool. um, and obviously, as as we're at Fluff Fest, and you've been on the road with with Birds, what what are, are there any other bands that you're looking forward to to seeing today? Um, I honestly, I have been so just involved in what we're doing, yeah. and sort of like in awe that we're touring and you know internationally that I haven't really like paid attention that much <laughs> yeah. but um yeah no I don't know there's there's a couple bands I, I guess but I I uh oh, nothing crazy no you that's know. cool it, honestly like tour for us with those guys is just like it's a lot of fun yeah like, we aren't like the music is is almost like a secondary thing like we, we like traveling with them they're yeah, easy yeah. to travel with and they think we're easy, easy to travel with and, and then we play shows together and it's fun so um, yeah cool and um, and how I like to, to end these things is to ask you what your favourite song of the band is but we give a bit, bit of a twist so what is the favourite song that you'd like to play live of our music yeah <laughs> uh, right now probably Life is Worth Losing is the most fun which is uh it's always the second to last song we play. There's basically three songs at the end that kind of go yeah. into each other, um, and it's right in the middle. Which is funny because when I wrote the song, the opening riff, I hated playing it. <laughs> I hated it so bad, and then the song just seemed dumb to me, and we almost didn't put it on the record. I actually, we, we used to have another guitar player. I didn't tell you that. Our other guitar player quit before the birds, the first Birds oh, okay. American Tour. Um, so what I would do is I would like 
I would write a part, and then if I didn't feel like playing it live and just wanted to run around like an idiot, I would just have him play it. But now <laughs> I have to play like all the parts. So, uh, but yeah, no, that one ended up sounding awesome on the recording to me, and it's just like really aggressive, has fast parts, and has breakdowns that I like, and it's really. It's pretty simple, but for some reason, it every time we play it, it always feels good. But initially, it was my least favorite song, like to play. Yeah. So it's really I I like saying that because it's it ended up working out. Yeah. Feel, yeah. Feeling good now, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Brilliant, Trevor. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of the tour and the rest of fluff. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs> So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Trevor for taking the time to speak to me uh, about the band. I really appreciate it. It was really cool to, to hang with him for a little bit. Um, and yeah, just, just talk to him about what's going on with Mercy Ties. Um, as always, you can keep up to, to date with the band by uh, going on social media, uh, by visiting facebook.com forward slash Mercy Ties 206 uh, to keep up with all their tour dates and so on and so forth. Uh, you can always listen to their music as well if you head over to mercyties.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'd highly recommend checking out Proper Corruption. It's such a sick and heavy, brutal album. So yeah, go go check that out, especially if you're fans of uh, bands like Botch and stuff. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Um, now going to move into the, the movie section of the show. Uh, again, I managed to watch two films this week. I'm doing quite well on the film front recently. Going to try and keep up as watching maybe two or three films a week uh so maybe try and turn this into a film review bit rather than just looking at trailers but we'll, we'll play it by ear um but the first film that i'm gonna review is a film called uh, the Trans- transfiguration have you been hurting any animals maybe thinking but i don't do it not anymore wow you're really into um vampires i was gonna say scary movies So you heard, huh? Huh? Someone killed a white boy in the basement. So what are vampires like? I think it starts with drinking blood. Like you have a need to. Eventually that's not good enough. So you switch to animals and people. So you really like him? Yeah, I do. Whatever it is you're doing, someone doing a whole lot worse. Why are you avoiding me? so the film is about this outcast orphan called milo uh who is obsessed with vampires uh so much so that he goes about randomly killing people drinking their blood and stealing their money uh he then meets uh a girl called sophie who also has her own issues uh is abused by uh, i think her uncle or granddad i can't remember off the top of my head now um she shows him a bit of affection because he's not like most other boys uh 
and it kind of starts to, to play play on his head a little bit but he can't shake this the inner sort of vampire feeling that he gets um so yeah it's a really kind of compelling film it has you kind of fixated on it from from the get-go as you don't really know what's going to happen and it's, it's really kind of I wouldn't necessarily say thought-provoking, but it's interesting to kind of... Because there's a quote in it where, where Milo says... Uh, talks about his favourite vampire films, and he says the ones that feel real. And I guess, to an extent, this is a real vampire film, because Milo isn't a quote-unquote vampire, but he he acts like one. So, And the fact is, like, there probably are people out there that, that have these urges or... Are, act on them I don't obviously you don't necessarily hear vampire reportings in the papers and things but you you could envision this sort of thing happening but yeah um the film's cast really well uh the the young boy that plays Milo is really good he's really sort of dour and deadpan is really really good um and if any of you have ever seen the film Get Out it's it's kind of got that vibe to it uh the ending's also really clever because you don't expect it for once again a quote-unquote vampire film um so yeah really recommend it really uh, go check it out if you get the chance uh the other film i saw was a film called my life is courgette so can you tell me a little bit about your mother she really liked to drink beer but sometimes we had fun i'm gonna take you to a really nice place with other children who are like you I'd like to introduce your new friend, Ikar. My name is Crochet. More like a potato with that head. <laughs> wow, he does not mess around. Dear Raymond, everything is good here. There's a new girl named Camille. Oh, my name's Crochet. She has eyes that go right through you. Hey, new kid, what'd you do to land in here? So, are you the boss? Guess he catch on pretty quick. And that's how you talk to girls. <laughs> After my parents died, I went to live with my aunt. We are going home. No! But she's just cruel. Then I won't let you go. I never thought it'd be possible to have a life where I could be happy. <laughs> but because of you guys, it is. Come on, everyone! <laughs> Snowball fight! <laughs> I'm happy I was brought here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have met you. Sometimes we cry when we're happy. Isn't that right? <laughs> right, I'm just going to come out and say it. I absolutely loved this film. I will talk to anybody about it. It was just such a simple idea, executed so well. Um, and yeah, it's only an hour long. It's just I just absolutely loved it. Um, the story follows uh, a boy called Courgette, not his real name, it's a pet name given to him by his mum who accidentally dies, uh, so he's taken to an orphanage, running theme with the films I've been watching recently apparently, um, where he meets a girl called uh, Camille, uh, and along with the other sort of five children that are in the, the orphanage, become this clo- close sort of family unit, they've all got sort of uh, their own little quirks and everything like that. But they they all get on really well. Um, this then seems to to change when uh, Camille's selfish auntie comes to to take her away. But the group work together to to make sure she stays in the orphanage. Um, it's a French uh, stop motion animated film, and it's just 
as I say, brilliant. It just gives realism to an orphanage like I haven't seen in any other films. It's really heartwarming, really tender. It's just unbelievable. Um, I came away with a film with a massive smile on my face. Um, and i go as far as to say it's probably one of my favourite films I've watched this year. So, as I say, we'll talk to anyone about this film. Absolutely loved it. Uh, it's coming out on DVD in the next couple of weeks. Or Blu-ray, if that's your preferred choice. Uh, so please go go seek it out. It, is, it was Oscar nominated, um, and it's just it's just a really nice film. But um, yeah, on that note, that's it for this week. Uh, next week I have a super awesome guest. Uh, I'm still kind of pinching myself. This one kind of came through, but I'm going to keep it under wraps for a little bit to keep you guys in suspense. But yeah, I'm just re- like. I'll, really looking forward to putting this one out there really enjoyed the chat that I had with with quote band um, so that will be on next Tuesday but for now ladies and gentlemen thanks again for listening to the Justin Insight podcast and I will see you soon <laughs> <laughs>